0: Hey everyone, welcome to the NAS Church Weekly Message Podcast. Here you will listen to the preaching pastors from the NAS in Grove City, Ohio. We pray you are inspired by their teachings. We are so glad that you're here. My name is John. I'm one of the pastors here. It's a privilege to be sharing with you today, and I'm excited to bring to you the next segment of our series, Love Actually. We are going to dive right in, and if you have not been with us, let me tell you where we've gone here the last couple weeks. In week one, Pastor David had a lot of single men frantically taking notes, learning the five love languages. We even had some people ask, we know that there's a Spanish speaking service, do we offer a service for five other love languages? And how that's spoken as well. I'm sure Pastor David can teach you a class on that. He's got three kids, he's always smiling. (laughs) Week two, we heard from Pastor Dale. We had lessons on the Good Samaritan and how to love thy neighbor. That was last week, we looked at who was our neighbor and the challenge of seeing our neighbors around us. And so today, I wanna build upon that here in week three that we not only identify who our neighbors are, but recognizing That it is the love of God that moves us to see them as God sees them. That it is the love of God that motivates us out of our comfort zones to make a difference and make God's love known. Well, it was Valentine's this week, and I'm sure many of you uh, who are still seated next to your spouse had a good time. And if there's a chair between you, I understand. He messed up. (laughs) I get it. My wife didn't even show up today. tells you how things went for us. Have you ever sent an expression of love? Have you ever sent an expression of love to someone before? Maybe you've sent flowers. Maybe you sent a love letter that was handwritten, sealed with kiss of lipstick. Maybe for some of you, you've sent a care package. Has anybody ever received those singing ensembles before? I wonder if that was a real thing. I didn't think so. I had a buddy who would receive these encouraging text messages, and they were loving and kind, But it'd always start, my Tim, and my Tim, and then it would just be this encouraging text message every single day that he would receive. And it would just describe these qualities that the person admired about them, and their hopes for the best for their day, and for their future. and It was something that uh, really, over time, he came to look forward to. And uh, I asked him, I said, you know, neil don't you think it's awkward you get these texts (laughs) that clearly are meant for somebody else he said i just feel like it's what the lord does just to send me a blessing even if they don't get my name right we've all seen expressions of love before haven't we we all know what that looks like and if you read through the bible you'll notice that there's a pattern That when God is expressing his love to us, oftentimes we see the pattern is that he will send his love through someone. When God sends his love, he often sends it through someone. The easiest verse for us to connect with is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son. A lot of you are familiar with that verse, but looking at other stories, you see that God loved the Israelite people, that he sent Moses to lead them out of their slavery, that God loved the people after 400 years of silence. He sent John the Baptist to be the voice to prepare a way for them, that God loved Mary, the mother of Jesus, that in the middle of her Life changing moment, he sends an angel to comfort her. Joseph, in the middle of his distress, Jesus' dad, he sends an angel to reassure him. God sends expressions of his love often through someone with a message. And so that's what I wanna look at with you today, if you will join me in the book of Acts. We're gonna look at the book of Acts today in chapter 13. If you got your Bibles, open them up, turn them on, however you get it. We wanna invite you to join me today. And I'm gonna look at the book of Acts and I want you to see that now Jesus has returned to heaven. If you've never looked in the book before, let me set it up for you real quick. Jesus has returned to heaven. He has left his disciples, the people that followed him on earth, And he's left them on a mission, that they are on a mission no longer to be disciples, but now they're called apostles. They are on a mission to spread the good news of what they have experienced in Jesus and what they have found, the hope of Jesus Christ, around the world. And so the book of Acts is often called the Acts of the Apostles, but when you get to chapter 13, the book makes a shift, there's a change. We go no longer gonna follow all of the apostles, but the book is then from that point forward called the Acts of Paul. In chapter 13, we have this character, who's named Saul in the first 12 chapters. He's first referred to as Paul in chapter 13, and Paul is going to be sent out on a mission himself. And so where I wanna pick up with you today is the beginning of that, or the initiation of Paul's ministry, his mission, and how that starts for him. So if you'll look at this with me here today, please, I believe that there is a transformation that is happening here, in the book from looking at the apostles to looking at paul there's a transformation that's happened in paul's life where paul persecuted christians and now he is going to call others to be christ followers to become christians or followers of the way, as the book of Acts describes it. There's a transformation that happens. In the same way for us as believers today, there is a transformation, a progression that happens in our own life where we believe you become saved, you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that's salvation, that's the first step. Then there's some, who, after you are saved, you start to serve. You wanna serve and make a difference. Then there is this step in our own faith where we grow in our understanding and our relationship with the Holy Spirit and we desire Christ to become more prominent in our life. We start to reject and remove the desires of the world and desire the things of God more intently, more directly, that we call that a sanctified person. And then from being a sanctified person, we are then sent person, somebody who is on a mission for the Lord. So this progression of being a saved person, a serving person, a sanctified person, and then a sent person is the progression that these men we're about to look at are on. So join me in Acts chapter 13, verses one through five. It'll come up on the screen here How the NLT version. If you're with us online, we're glad you're watching. Follow along. Let's uh, follow as I read this here today. It says, Among the prophets and teachers of the church at Antioch of Syria were Barnabas, Simeon, called the black man, Lucius from Cyrene, Manan, the childhood companion of King Herod Antipas, and Saul. One day, as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. So Barnabas and Saul were sent out by the Holy Spirit. They went down to the seaport of Seleucia and then sailed for the island of Cyprus. There in the town of Salamis, they went to the Jewish synagogues and preached the word of God. John Mark went with them as their assistant. So here we are picking up in this story. We have a group of believers that are gathering in Syrian Antioch. And this is one of the first churches that has formed outside of Jerusalem, Because there is persecution happening in Jerusalem, they're killing people who profess Jesus as the Lord of their life, the people, the early church scatters. And one of the locations they go is north of Jerusalem here to Syrian Antioch. And Syrian Antioch becomes known as a missional church. A missional church. They are a church that is supportive of spreading the gospel around the globe. And I want to point out these five different men that are listed to you because this is an important picture for us to understand about the early church. Because in today's church, we are desiring to model this with the same fervor and experience from the leadership down to our people So let me highlight these men for you. First off, it identifies them by their spiritual gifts. That in the early church here in Syria and Antioch, there were these men that were prophets and teachers. This is some of their spiritual giftings, that they were there edifying the church through preaching of God's word and through giving out lessons and understandings of who God was and who Jesus was and what that means to people. And these five men were in leadership. First it says there was a man named Barnabas. Now Barnabas was a Jew who had converted. He had decided to follow Christ. He was from the little island that sticks out there in the Mediterranean Sea called Cyprus. And so when Barnabas is called to go serve, they decide to head to Cyprus because he's familiar with that place. He desires people in his hometown to come to know Jesus. And so Barnabas, we find out later, is a missionary, and he's known as an encourager. He's known as the son of encouragement, that he supports the work of missions. And because he has these characteristics, the Holy Spirit says, I want him to go serve others. Then there's Simeon. And Simeon is assumed to be from Africa. Simeon is thought by some biblical scholars to actually be the same Simon of Cyrene who carried the cross of Jesus himself that the Roman guard grabbed out of the crowd as Jesus is going from the path up to Golgotha, what's called the Via Della Rosa, as Jesus is carrying his cross to where he's eventually gonna die on a hill. There's some biblical scholars that believe this was the man that was pulled out of the crowd because Jesus was so fatigued, weighing down the beating and the heaviness of the cross the mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual strain that he himself was under, this man carried his cross up to the top of Golgotha. Can you imagine that moment? And they believe that this man was potentially that guy who was selected. Then there's Lucius. He would have been from the area of Libya, also in Africa, then we have Manan. He's got a cool backstory. This man, if you look it up, it says that he is related to King Herod of Antipas. King Herod of Antipas is the same king who's known for beheading John the Baptist. The one who killed the messenger that God had sent because he wanted to have relationships with his brother's spouse. And because John calls him out on it, he has him killed. And so here is a man that's known as the brother of this king. Herod was also the one that put Jesus on trial. He had a moment he could have seen Jesus before him and spoken up and supported Jesus, denied the claims that were falsely made against him, but rather Herod sent him on to be killed. And yet, isn't it interesting how all the choices in our life, out of the same family comes a man from the same home with the same upbringing, known as a foster brother of King Herod, chooses to serve Christ, to worship him, despite what his brother had done in opposition to him. And then we get to Saul of Tarsus, Saul who himself was known to lead the pursuit of killing Christ's followers, now has had a transformation. I think it's interesting here, if you look at this, you see that these five men are the five men chosen in leadership of the early church. It gives a great glimpse that the early church had no trouble with being unified despite diversity. The early church recognize the gifts of the Holy Spirit as what promoted you into leadership. It had nothing to do about your background, who your family was, even what your past was. If the Holy Spirit was showing and alive in you, it didn't matter where you were from, the color of your skin, it didn't matter what you looked like, but rather who Christ was inside of you that determined if you were a leader in the early church. Isn't that an awesome picture of how God views us? We in the world get so caught up in looking at the outward appearance, but even still, God looks at the heart. And God can call people despite the differences because of the evidence of the Holy Spirit. That's why I love the look of our church. The denomination that we are a part of is the Global Church of the Nazarene. And you'll find that we are in more world areas than almost any other denomination. We have six leaders in the General Church of the Nazarene. They're called general superintendents. One of them is actually going to be joining us here in a few more weeks. And Pastor Dale has brought others in in the last few years to come speak at our church. But Philly Chombo is going to come to our church here in a few weeks. And he is from Africa, South Africa We have other leaders in our denomination, some from South America, some from Asia, who have spent years serving the church in Russia. We have some from North America. We are a church, a body of believers who desire to resemble Syrian Antioch in that way. That when we gather here on Sundays, and you can understand me as I'm speaking your language, we have another church with a pastor filled with the Holy Spirit, and Pastor Carlos, who is speaking a language to another group of people. I love that look of our church, it's diverse, not only by our backgrounds, our nationalities, but by our genders as well. That we have men and women who are called to serve, and what a great glimpse of heaven we have together, amen. I wanna look at verse three here with you. Go back and it says, one day, as the men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I've called them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. We are a global church called to serve an incredibly unique ways that when you travel this globe you will find that there are churches of the Nazarene in all different areas and they don't all look like this building we're blessed in incredible ways because of what we have but some of them look like homes some of them look like single rooms some of them may have grass roofs or some of them may have now metal roofs thanks to our missions teams But in verse 3, all of them exist because there is somebody that was called by the Holy Spirit, somebody that was sensitive to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And this happens for these men because they were in the middle of a time of worship, of prayer and fasting that they started to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. I wanna ask you today, do you know what the voice of the Holy Spirit sounds like? That for these men, God sent the Holy Spirit to speak to them. If you were to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, would you know the sound of its voice? We all know the voices of the people we love, don't we? We all know the voice of somebody when they say I love you. Whether it's your spouse or even a parent, you remember their voice. I remember my mom used to have on her phone a voice message just saved for months and months after her parent had passed away just to hear the voice of her loved one, right? We all know the voice of those that love us. And we hold on to that, we can identify that. John ten twenty seven through 28 says that Jesus describing his followers that they'll know his voice, he says, my sheep know my voice. They listen to what I say and they follow me. For some of us today, we have not experienced enough or spent enough time in God's word to understand God's language. These men knew the voice of the Holy Spirit because they had spent time with the Holy Spirit in worship, in fasting, in fasting and prayer. Not just speaking out their requests, but listening and spending time in silence and digging in to a time of surrendering, submission to then hear what it is the Lord had for them that the same Holy Spirit that, that was speaking to them was speaking to the group. Do you know that we can still hear the voice of the Holy Spirit today? That he is still actively speaking, still calling, still putting people on mission. That he is still speaking clearly. And I think it's interesting in the early church here that when the Holy Spirit calls, we find in this section the author, Luke, tells us that in verse four, when the Holy Spirit calls a believer to something, he often calls them to preach. Evidence of having the Holy Spirit in your life is a movement to make God known. Not just to get up on a stage, in a platform, behind a table, speaking into a large group of people, but rather the Holy Spirit moves you so much that You are just at a place that all you can do is share the things of Jesus. When you hear about a troubling moment in the world, the first response you have is to bring Jesus into the situation. When we are being led by the Holy Spirit, when we have a life that is connected to him, that we have a love for others, that the expression of that love often comes an expression of our faith. I'm not trying to offend you, but I want to share the best I have with you. So when people come to us and they have difficulties or when we hear even good things, a blessing of a child on the way or a promotion, man, the Lord has given you something good. It's what comes out of us. It's an expression of love. It's a message of love because we see that the Lord works for the good of all. Who believe him have been called according to his purpose the action of the holy spirit in our lives produces us to be led to share the word the good news the holy spirit filling these early church believers these early church leaders it led them to preach For some of us today, you need to grasp the three steps I'm going to share with you right now. The three steps in this story are that the Holy Spirit empowers us when we have a relationship with him. He empowers us. That we then faithfully speak the goodness of God, the Word of God is what comes out of us. And when we are faithful to speak on the Word of God, the Holy Spirit is then activated to bring fruit into the life of those who hear it. We call this a phrase I've heard before described as a horizontal Jesus. Have you heard that before? A horizontal Jesus. That when Jesus came onto the earth, he spent time praying and communicating with God. But then while he lived his life, he acted, he served, he taught, he spoke, he healed. He listened to those that were around him across the earth. The horizontal display of Jesus is what we do ourselves when we seek to see those around us with the eyes of Christ. When we seek to express love to those around us in the same ways that Christ loved the world. That horizontal Jesus is put on display St. Francis of Assisi has a famous phrase. It's one of my favorite. He says, always preach the gospel. When necessary, use words. It reminded me of my friend, one of the guys I consider to be a horizontal Jesus. Everywhere he goes, I see him reaching out and expressing love to others. I've got a picture of this guy on the screen, this guy here, I really had to search hard because while my friend is the horizontal Jesus, he really took on the moment where Jesus was being bitten or beaten and stripped of his clothes and I had to find pictures with Dean with the shirt on. (laughs) We spent a lot of time in mission trips in warmer places and this is a photo of my friend, Dean Hoover. Dean is a guy who, has only been coming to our church for a few years now, but we met together through a shared desire to see people served in Axon Grove City. Many, many of you may recall, Axon Grove City was a citywide initiative by a dozen plus churches that we motivated people to go into the community, and we sent hundreds once a year out to do different service projects dean showed up and he didn't even live in grove city he said i want to be a part of what you're doing i want to learn on behalf of the bed brigade how we can be a part of serving together and through that we've spent a lot of time i just got to know dean and dean was often a guy looking to serve. We started talking about other ways that we served. We served on mission trips. We'd gone to Puerto Rico and Dean said, hey, I've led mission trips to Puerto Rico. said, well, why don't you go with us? So Dean has now gone to Puerto Rico with our church multiple times. Oftentimes if you're looking for Dean, he's in one of the more dangerous locations. This next picture I'll show you on the roof. Dean loves to climb and be in the action, but what I appreciate, about Dean is he never works alone. Dean always has somebody with him: a friend, a relative, whether he's showing up to church or whether he's serving. Here he's got Roberto on the roof. Roberto's a local guy from the community. He doesn't even attend the church that we're working on, but Roberto had tools. We needed some tools and he had time. And so Dean struck up a friendship as well as some of our other guys did. And they would check on him and spend time talking with him and serving alongside him. There's a photo here of some of us downtown San Juan, beautiful place, spending some time together. We had such a great time serving in Puerto Rico. I said, Dean, there's a hurricane that happened in Florida. We're gonna send a team down. Dean said, I'd love to go. So Dean went with us here on this mission trip to Florida. You see him on the far side with his hat. On the absolute other side is one of Dean's friends that he brought, because he doesn't want to serve alone. There's his friend with us serving. Dean enjoyed serving so much, we planned this trip to go down. Dean then went on his own multiple other times to go serve the same place through the connection that we had made. What you may not know is, that Dean desires to be a horizontal Jesus That this isn't just Dean's desire to take trips everywhere, that Dean does this on a regular basis. And many of you may know, for the last five years, this next picture will show you, every single weekend, Dean has been the leader of the Bed Brigade. The Bed Brigade in Grove City, in a town that he never lived, Dean has now, through his leadership, spread it across Columbus with multiple Bed Brigades, starting now up in Polaris, newark and now across ohio there's one up in marion or mansfield there's one up in toledo through dean's leadership and example bed brigade has now grown to service people that we never could have reached just in our own time our church has rallied around the bed brigade and we've tried to knock out hundreds and hundreds of beds as you know Through the work of Dean and his vision, we spent time together a few years ago as a church, and we purchased, uh, along with some other churches, their very first delivery vehicle. And it's got the stamp of the bed brigade on the side. You may see it driving around, especially on Saturday mornings. Dean gets invited into people's home, into their most private places of their bedrooms. And he brings them not just a mattress, but everywhere Dean goes, he brings them a prayer cloth that's been prayed over. He delivers a Bible, as you know, and places it on their bed. And then he invites them to have a moment of prayer where he brings the Holy Spirit into that place. And I've invited my friend Dean to come on up here today, if he's here this morning. Can you welcome Dean to the stage? Thank you. As Dean comes up here, I want to show you another photo. This is Dean with a lady named Lizette. Lizette was a a lady that Dean met on a park bench in the middle of a community square in Puerto Rico. She was holding a tarp. Hey, brother. Lizette was holding a tarp, and you could share this better, but I've got the mic. (laughs) Lizette was on a park bench hugging a tarp that she had spent hours in line to receive, and you said she was crying. She was bawling her eyes out because her roof had been gone, she knew she needed the tarp, but she sat on a park bench because she didn't have a way to put it on her house. And Dean was so moved by the spirit to go up to her and ask her why she was crying, she described this dilemma, and he said, hey, I've got some time, you grab some friends, he was another moment where he was a horizontal Jesus. They fixed her roof. Here, a school teacher from Ohio making himself available. A year later, Lizette got connected to the church that you were serving with while you were down there. And she became a believer and a follower and a regular tender of that church. And now, when he goes back to Puerto Rico, he always looks for Lizette while you're there. Brother, you have inspired me as an example of being a horizontal Jesus. And we have tried to rally around. Yeah, praise the Lord. Yeah. We have tried to rally around the work that you are doing. The Lord has led you to. And we are grateful for your leadership in Bed Brigade, being a part of the missions of the Naz Church Ministry here, and so many other ways that you serve people. And what you may not know is in the last few weeks, Dean has actually passed on the mantle of the bed brigade because the Lord has called you. He is sending you now to Puerto Rico to live and move full time. He's got a picture of his house. This is not a bungalow on the beach, folks. This is a future missions project here, isn't it? And inside now where Dean is going to be staying, and the Lord has orchestrated incredible ways for him to be there, Dean feels called by the Lord to go and start a church in Puerto Rico in a place that needs a community. Absolutely. So, Dean, we love you, and we take the words of the Bible very seriously here. And so i want to invite those of you that have been on trips with dean to come on up because we recognize as a church family we want to send you we want to commission you out we want to bless you and so i've got a little gift bag for you and all those photos we know my biggest concern was your bald head and so i've got a brand new puerto rico hat there for you to wear yeah if you've served on the mission teams will you come on up We want to do as Acts 13 says, and lay our hands on Dean and pray over him and send him out. In fact, I'm going to invite all of you to stand and reach your arms out here as we fulfill Acts chapter 13. (coughs) And Dean, what you don't know today, because I didn't share this with you yet, but I shared it with you a minute ago. Dean and I met through Acts in Grove City. And I got lunch with Dean just a few days back and said, Dean, you want to start a church. Tell me where you're at. He's starting a church in the island in a place where there's no church around. And he said, we found this building. It's an old strip mall of a place. Isn't that something you can have church in a strip mall? Right. He said, we have a strip mall that we're looking to purchase for $140,000. $140,000. And we have been able to collect $130,000. And sure enough, this week, I get a call from another church from Axon Grove City. Bill Holsterman called me this week. Said, John, I know Axon Grove City isn't happening anymore. I'm going to step down as treasurer, but I have this money left over in this account from Axon Grove City that we need to do something with. And I said, well, what do you mean you have some money? He said, well, every year, every church would give towards the projects that we would do. And because COVID suspended our ability to continue Acts and Grove City, we need to move this money as I'm moving on from my leadership role. And I said, well, how much is it? And sure enough, it's just short of $10,000. And so today, brother, on behalf of our church, the churches in Grove City that you have coordinated so many of our people to serve with, we're going to bless you this week with a check to finalize the purchase for your church in Puerto Rico. Yeah. Love you, brother. Let's pray together here. Will you guys put your arms on Dean here? Will you extend your arms out here this morning as we pray for Dean and his move to be sent? Heavenly Father God, we thank you today for your faithfulness of how your Holy Spirit is still speaking, still calling, still sending people around the world to reach those who need to know the hope and love of Jesus Christ. So Father, I pray today that you will see your servant Dean, who has served so faithfully here to those that he had never known, that you will lead him to a new place, a new home, That you'll go before him and prepare the place for him. That he will be perfectly in the center of your will. And you will send him forth, we pray today. God, that you will guide and direct his footsteps, his actions, the work of his hands. And when needed, may he speak the word of God. And preach boldly the hope and faith of the Savior he professes. We are excited to continue to come and serve alongside him in future trips and moments. In Jesus' name we pray and commission him forward and everybody said, amen. 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 Thank you, brother. God bless you. Here's the thing, church. Dean didn't just, you can be seated real quick. Dean didn't just get to this moment of feeling the Lord calling him to move overseas because he heard about an opportunity to use his average Spanish. I'll give him that. (laughs) Dean made this a part of his daily life. He found ways to serve where he lived, but he found the giftings of the Holy Spirit in his life and took it very seriously to be obedient, to use those that the Lord was calling him to. There was a 12 year old boy that sat a few rows behind the sound system now. At 12 years old, this building in 2000 was brand new, it was remarkable. But there was a 12 year old boy that sat back there that heard about a church of the Nazarene here in Grove City that was sending people to Belize. For five years they would taken on this initiative and it was a church where he had seen his own dad stories of going on trips and they were commissioning a missionary just like we had and Ray knew and they were sending him to a country to start 50 churches in five years. There was a boy that was in that room that in that moment The Holy Spirit had his attention and felt the call of God on his life to serve. And it was not lost on me this week as I prepared this message how my life was impacted at 12 years old because of what I saw on this stage. That despite your background, your gender, your age, that God can still call you to a life of surrender and service to him. And maybe today there is another 12-year-old boy or girl. Maybe today, watching online, there's somebody that says, I've been running from that call. Maybe today there's someone in this room who's reaching retirement and said, I've not been obedient with my life to pursue the call to serve that God has nodded and prodded me for years to do. Maybe today, the story of Dean is what God has been trying to get you to see the world through his eyes. To serve to make a difference, to reach out to those around you you would never meet, you'd never know, but because of your obedience, God can work in and through your life in ways you could never imagine. I want to ask you today do you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit? Maybe He's calling you to be a missionary today. Maybe for you, you need to. Just experience him on a trip. We are gonna go this summer, the last weekend of July and into August there, back to Puerto Rico. We're gonna have an opportunity to see Dean and we're gonna serve. Maybe this is that time for you to respond. Maybe for you, you need to write that on your calendar. We're gonna have a meeting Wednesday night at six o'clock right here in this room. If you've got interest, just show up. We'll answer some of your questions. Maybe for some of you, you need to write down our big serve day coming up. While Axon Grove City has shut down, the denomination, the Church of the Nazarene, is inviting all the churches to serve the weekend of April 19th, twenty twenty-first. And so we are going to have opportunities. You can sign up with interest in the lobby for the mission trip, for the big serve day. Mark that on your calendars for that date in April maybe for some of you today you say pastor john i've never even been able to respond to the voice of the holy spirit i need to know what that is like i need to experience that for myself i've come back here year after year after year and told you how the lord has shown up through the moving of the holy spirit at our men's retreat time and time again I've come back and said it's been one of the most spiritually significant weekends of my life. You can sign up for that retreat. It's happening the first weekend in May. We've got young men in high school all the way into their 80s. Plus, you can be a part of that weekend. Whatever the Lord is calling you to do, I just want you to hear his voice today. I'm going to invite Pastor David to come up and close us out here. And I want to pray for you to be obedient to whatever it is he's leading you to do. Thanks for joining us for this week's podcast. Stay connected with us at the thenaz.church.